You're clean, aren't you? Except for your tower. You're a tower junkie, Roland. Hello and welcome to Tower Junkies, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com, proudly presented by ObsessiveViewer.com, um, uh, which, by which I mean just, you know, it's, uh, I, we present it. It was Pride just, Month. It's the same. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that too. You can have pride in other things. Sure, yeah. Um, okay. Um, should I retake that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> if this is your first time listening, uh, Tower Junkies is a podcast celebrating the work of Stephen King with... Sometimes, eventually, a focus on his magnum opus, the Dark Tower series. Uh, we discuss the themes, characters, and mythology of the series in Palaver episodes, eventually, and review the books and comic series in Kef episodes at some point. Um, we also discuss non-Tower King novels, TV and film adaptations of King's work, uh, the latest news about, and the latest news about all things that serve the King. You can find more of our work at TowerJunkiesPod.com. You can also like the Facebook page at facebookcom TowerJunkiesPod and follow us on. And Twitter and every other level of social media at Tower Junkies Pod. Um, and if you'd like to support what we do here, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer, where we have tons and tons and tons of exclusive content. Um, a very small fraction of it has to do with Stephen King. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun there. We just recorded like an hour long, um, Patreon exclusive recording, which you can get access to at the rate of $1 per month. Um, in which, uh, we did a lot of fun stuff and told some stories about high school that no one's going to give a shit about. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I will say that the title of it, well, what did I say the title would be? Mudslide imminent. Mudslide imminent. <laughs> so, uh, mudslide imminent, and talking about high school. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So take with that what you will. That's one dollar per month on Patreon. Uh, at two dollars per month, you get access to that feed plus um, TV reviews and reaction recordings that I do. Um, I've recorded reviews of each episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I'm currently doing that for Loki and Lisey's story. Two episodes of which we are recording, uh, we are reviewing tonight. And then at the $5 level, you get all that plus commentary tracks for movies I do sporadically. And at $10, you get all of that plus early access to um, uh, full episodes and unreleased content. So again, that's patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Consider supporting us. It would be uh, such a treat and you get a lot of stuff for your monies. Um, yep. Yeah. And, I did. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Last time in one of the episodes that we did last time, um, I put you on the spot you and did. called you out for, uh, for, um, for PayPal screwing us over with your Patreon they did. Uh, fee. But we got that straightened out. Yep. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I'm sorry for putting you on blast. Yeah, PayPal sucks. Yes. And let that be a lesson to everyone listening. <laughs> if, if you don't get, feel like you're getting your money's worth, please, it's okay. I, I understand. <laughs> um, it's okay. They're going to break my legs. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Matt Hurt. <laughs> One of your hosts, Mattert, and with me today, as usual, is Tiny. Hi. Hi, Tiny. Hello. How's it going? It's good, man. Good. Um, in regards to the Patreon recording, did you know that? You did not know that story about me in high school. I did not. Okay. The mudslide story or the... The mudslide story. No. Okay. Would you think it was actually in junior high, right? I think I think so. Gotcha. I don't know. I, I could be remembering 
the layout of the high school versus the junior. I don't know. Right. Um. Anyway, but this isn't Patreon. This is Tower Junkies. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we today on the podcast are going to be reviewing um, the latest two episodes of... Um, I'm stifling a yawn. I am so sorry. We're going to be reviewing uh, the latest two episodes of Stephen King and um, oh God, uh, Pablo Lorraine's adaptation of Stephen King's novel, Lisey Story. The two recent episodes that aired on Apple TV Plus are The Good Brother, episode four, or episode five, I'm sorry, and Now You Must Be Still, which is episode six. And uh, before we do that, Tiny, uh, should we do some Stephen King news and check-ins? Yes, sir. All right. Do you have any check-ins while i look up stephen king news i do i have been listening to slash reading nice um needful things by stephen king as have i how far are you in it uh about a quarter of the way through nice Um, doing the audiobook it's about 25 hours i'm about six and a half hours in right now so nice yeah so i'm listening to that right now it's going on It's, it's all right so far it's all right interesting yeah i am um about two and a half hours into it, I think. Okay. Um, so still kind of at the front, uh, at the top of it. Um, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had tweeted that like, uh, uh, what was my tweet? Um, so I was sort of proud of it, I guess. I don't know. Um, so, uh, okay. Uh, my tweet was, uh, a screenshot of the audible, um, screen of needful things i'm three hours into the audiobook so i tweeted this 23 hours ago so this was monday night uh we were i was off work for july 4th um so um i tweeted a screenshot of the cover art for needful things and i said started this bad boy a few days ago for the first time and if there's anything that will make tomorrow's return to work after a long holiday weekend bearable it's disappearing into a stephen king audiobook while i work Word. Yes. And so, Tiny, I worked for eight hours in the office today. Do you want to <laughs> take a guess how deep into the into the audiobook I got? Starting at three hours in. Um, Keep in mind that I do listen at a slightly higher speed. So, like 1.35 right. times. Nine hours. Okay. I'm still three hours in. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was very deceptive. I know. <laughs> I uh, I did not get any listening to it done. Oh, uh, that happens. It, it does. I instead uh, listened. <sighs> I'm so sorry. I instead. I should probably take that again. I instead listened on a loop to the first season of I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson on Netflix. That's cool, um, man. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. And some podcasts and stuff. So. Well, I spent four hours in my car today driving. Nice. Total. And, uh,. I only listened to about an hour and a half of it. So. Okay, well, that's not bad. Um, because uh, Quentin Tarantino was on Joe Rogan. Uh, and I wanted, yeah, I heard about that. I wanted to listen to that episode, so I was listening to that. So, Which is okay so far. Nice. It's kinda, nice. Kinda, actually, it's kind of good. Nice. Yeah. I know that Tarantino has gotten... I don't know if it's technically a backlash. It's something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but apparently he made some comments about Bruce Lee. Mm, yeah, right. Yeah. I, I I did watch a clip of that, and it's mm-hmm. really not controversial. Right. Well, the thing is, Bruce Lee's daughter had respond either responded to it or mm-hmm. gave a statement or something saying like, "This is what like like uh, white men don't understand <laughs> that uh, like an Asian man being 
good at his job and like that's not arrogance that's him fighting to for relevance even though he's really great or i don't know it was a really yeah well done thing so i don't know i think he said in the clip that she has a like she has the right to be upset and that oh yeah like he was he listened to her complaint but he's like everybody else can go fuck themselves oh which, yeah that's right he did say that yeah which i thought was fine like mm-hmm. okay sure yeah whatever yeah so yeah anyway joe rogan is four five three apparently uh, <laughs> that's a thing what that's a thing i don't know there there's a meme or something where uh, people point out that Joe Rogan is five foot three, um, <laughs> just as a trolling thing. I, I don't oh, know. Okay. I don't know. But anyway, um, uh, so you're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Experience, mm-hmm. um, where we recount <laughs> all of the Spotify exclusive Joe Rogan Experience oh, anecdotes. God. Um, yeah, fuck that. Um, where was I? How did I get on this tangent? Um, we have been we, oh just that you didn't you only listen oh, you didn't really listen to any I, more of it today. yeah yeah okay i only listen to podcasts and audiobook or not audiobooks but podcasts and i think you should leave today mm-hmm. so anyway um i do want to say in terms of check-ins i don't really have any stephen king news but i do have a couple of check-ins um some very nice tweets came in or at least like a couple of tweets came in um regarding uh us Mm. (laughs) Um, sort of so okay so when i tweeted that tweet about uh starting needful things um uh jason on twitter who i believe is a listener of the podcast Mm -hmm. uh he said whoa great minds i started this one about a week ago about 160 pages in never read it before and loving the time and detail king takes in setting all the pieces in motion gaunt is a fantastic villain so far Mm -hmm. um which i'm only three hours in but i agree it is yeah, I, I really love the way that he's writing that character and Alan Pangborn as well. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not as receptive to it. I, I'm, I'm not hating it. It's just sure. the structure, not the structure, but I guess the, there's a little similarity between it and, um, between, uh, not it, but, uh, um, needful things. Needful things and, Oh my god, the Tommy Knockers. Oh, the Tommy Knockers. Because it's like this whole thing is affecting the whole town yeah. and all the townspeople and making them do crazy things. And I'm oh, just man, like, I could see that. And it's a, that's just throwing. It's not bad or anything. It's just that's kind of screwing with me right now and sure. making me think of that and just putting me in a bad place, maybe. But that's but I, interesting. I, I do agree. Leland Gaunt is a cool, uh, cool character so far. Mm-hmm. I'm not as on. I, I need. I don't know if it's just not connecting with Pangborn or not. Interesting. But is he in other books too? Besides, um, he may be referenced. I don't think he's referenced in Cujo because Bannerman is the sheriff in yeah. Cujo. Um, or I think I, I don't know if Bannerman's the one in Cujo, but he's the one in the Dead Zone. I don't. Okay, know. the Dead Zone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I think. I think Alan Pangborn is only in this and maybe a short story or two. Okay. Um. Yeah. Couldn't remember. But, uh, um, yeah. Speaking of the Tommyknockers, though, it's interesting because we also got a tweet from, uh, in response to my uh, tweet about starting Needful Things, um, uh, Bill tweeted and said, I'm about to finish Tommyknockers, and I agree with you that uh, Stephen King audiobook is a good way to bear going back to work. Um, nice. And then he also said, Ed Herman is a great voice for this story. He's a good actor. I agree. He's passed away. Um, he has. He. It's funny. He was in uh, Gilmore Girls. Oh, interesting. Which my wife is watching right now, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of a decent show. That's what I've heard. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. it's very uh, female-centric, I sure. think, because it's the daughter and her mother are the main characters. Right. But, um, yeah, it's, it's actually- Lorelai and- 
Rory. Rory. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's yeah, it's actually I'm I'm kind of been watching a lot of it with her. It's nice. actually kind of a kind of a fun show. Sweet. Like it's funny. Laura like Lauren Graham is like really funny on it. Nice. Fucking gorgeous. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I've I've heard that it's good. I and I've always meant to watch it. So um, Ed Herman plays the grand the grandfather. Oh, okay. He uh, doesn't Rory's play Lorelai. No, he doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Got it. He didn't want to wear the wig the whole time. So. Right. <laughs> um, and then the final Stephen King check in is just a brag that I, I was really I was really tickled by this tweet that came in from listener Larry. <laughs> um, he tweeted after listening to Tower Junkies for the last year, I finally decided to listen to the Mother Pod, meaning obsessive viewer. Mm. Um, over the <laughs> over. Over the last three weeks, I've ripped through 102 episodes at work. Good stuff. Wow. Um, and then he and then he also said, I can't articulate how much I want to see packing tape, uh, as referenced in one of our episodes where we did a fake <laughs> movie game um, on Obsessive Viewer. And I was just so uh, just so pleased with that. That was very... That's very flattering. Very flattering. Um, and I went back and listened to that episode. It was actually episode 100 of Obsessive Viewer. And like... It's uh, this will be brief, but it's it's funny on a couple of fronts. One, um, I, for the first hundred episodes of that fucking podcast, I bleeped out all the swearing. You did, I did. Wasn't worth it, <laughs> right? Um, there's actually a PopCon episode where apparently the bleep track became unsynced with the vocal track. <laughs> so you like, there's a brief moment in a PopCon episode where we're doing our um uh our booth recording and everything and it's just like oh yeah fucking this person this person bleep (laughs) (laughs) so that's funny yeah anyway um and then the second thing is that my voice is so congested and stuff yeah you were sick a lot around that time it was because where i lived was filled with black mold um which is funny because we talked about black mold off the off the off the podcast last time yes because of your work yeah so yeah Um, so anyway, thank you, Larry, for putting up with us. And yeah, for thank you. Listening, it's very flattering and very nice. I hope he didn't actually listen to like the first two or three episodes. I I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> I am definitely thinking it. Yeah, <laughs> I am definitely going to lose sleep thinking of it. <laughs> um, the only solace is that I bet most people who have podcasts that have been on this long think the exact same thing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I hope nobody ever listens to that first or second episode ever. Right, right. Yeah. And what's funny is that. Having started three podcasts in two-year intervals, so we were two years into Obsessive Viewer, I started Anthology, and then two years into Anthology, we started Tower Junkies. Mm -hmm. The first episode of all three podcasts is garbage to me. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, because it is just so uh, awkward and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I don't know. That's That's the curse of podcasting. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. But then the final thing about that is just something that I... An anecdote that I... um, or an observation I made to you when I shared that tweet with you, um, that it's just crazy to think that, like, Larry in particular, or anyone who consumes all of our podcasts in, in a one fell swoop like that, mm-hmm. has gone through, at that point, in, in his listening, he's listened to 102 episodes of Obsessive Viewer, he's gone through about two years of our lives. <laughs> yeah. And that is just insane to me. That is nuts. Yeah. So anyway, um, thank you for listening, and uh, yeah. So... Um, that is all of our check-ins and news and everything. Yep. Um, so today on the podcast, I didn't even, I I did say this, uh, we're going to be reviewing episodes five and six of Lisey's Story as they both aired on Apple TV Plus Mm -hmm. on Fridays, uh, these past two Fridays, um, uh, June 25th and, uh, July 2nd. So, 
Um, as we have been doing, we're going to do a non-spoiler review and then a spoiler review um, for the individual episodes. So uh, just to run down the plot summary, um, Lisey's story is based on the novel by Stephen King. This terrifying thriller follows widow Lisey Landon as a series of disturbing events revives memories of her marriage to author Scott Landon and the darkness that plagued him. Um, let's see. So the episode, the first episode that we're going to be reviewing tonight is uh the good brother uh which is episode five and uh yeah just really quick up front uh you can hear my solo immediate reaction reviews on patreon if you pledge two dollars per month uh you get access to all of those recordings for each episode and uh yeah so tiny yeah in non-spoiler vague overall terms how did you feel about episode five of lisey's story the good brother this episode for me was a slog. Like it was kind of hard to get through. I think this is the first time where I was really feeling like, okay, we need to move forward. Really? This really, and, and, and it's crazy because what happens in the episode is so mm-hmm. compelling and so dark and, but it's also disturbing. 90% flashback. Too. It's all flashback. Yeah. And, and I was just, I'm just kind of ready to move. And the thing, the problem is I know what happened. Sure. Because I read the book. Um, mm-hmm. I'm one of those people right now. Well, I read the book. Right. So, um, I don't even own a TV. Right. <laughs> um, I, I knew what was going to happen. And so it's like I, I'm i coming from the position of I know this already. And so I just kind of want to move forward with the current plot as opposed to mm-hmm. dwelling on character development and stuff like that. Um, which is a real shame because I think this is a pretty damn good episode. And yeah. the, the flashback stuff was filmed incredibly well there's really good performances it's written well um there's uh so many there's actually a lot of good visuals too yeah uh in this episode but um i i would just i really wasn't that into it because i was just re- i'm just ready to move on i guess um and yeah. I, I i'm just ready for more i'm just ready for the plot to move forward and it it didn't really with this episode I I can absolutely understand that. Did you listen to my media reactions? No. Okay. Because I I I was really into this episode. I actually really liked it and I think that the pacing and the the slog of it is actually for me working in its favor. Okay. Um and I think it's specifically because this is 90 95% flashback all telling the story of Scott and Paul um and their father just telling the telling the tale of the the bad bad part mm-hmm. of the their childhood yeah. and that was something i found very interesting um in terms of just the like you said the way it was shot there's like a scene where um not to give anything away but there's a scene where a climactic thing is happening and rain begins falling mm-hmm. but not outside of the structure that they're in it's like this it, what would that be called? It's not a shed. It's like you kept calling it, the, it was the barn, but I guess barn, it was yeah. like uh, I don't I don't know what you like an open barn. Kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah. Um, so like there's like um, roofing, there's like two buildings, and there's a space between them. Yeah, and the roof goes over that space to connect yes. the two spaces. Yes, yeah, like a drive through, um, like a pass through. Exactly. Area. Yeah. Um, and the rain is just falling within that drive through right. pass through thing and it was super cool so stunning yeah. so stunning um very cool stuff but i do understand where you're coming from and i do i i can't really defend it because um in the grand scheme of things we have now had two episodes back to back where the majority of 
Lisey's part of the story of these episodes of Lisey's story, um, her, the extent of her growth or her, her arc in these episodes is her being severely injured and then sitting around remembering things, remembering things yeah. and piecing together how to get to Booyah Moon. And like, it's weird. Cause like at the end of episode four, it's like, I, if I remember correctly, she turns on the water and that's like implying to me that like, Oh, she's found the way to get to Booyah Moon. She's going to go to right. Booyah Moon. Everything's going to be fine. Uh huh. And then here we get like the exact same thing. Like, like she's yeah. just remembering Scott telling her about Paul. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, and it does, it is kind of a drag. It is, it is a little bit of a drag, but the, the exposition or the backstory that's unveiled, even though I know it from the book, is done really, really well in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also had, this isn't a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a slight issue with Michael Pitt. Ah. He's very mumbly. Yeah, and there he definitely is. Yeah. So over the last several years, anything I watch, I watch with subtitles or uh, closed captioning. Oh, interesting. Anything. I a lot of people do that, and it drives me a little bit insane. Does it? Okay. I kind of. I I understand it, but I think when you so let me ask you this: when <laughs> when you watch something with subtitles and everything, do you read every subtitle? Pretty much. See, I I can't do like that's what I that's what I want to do, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, oh, this is a visual medium, <laughs> right? Right, um, right. Yeah, yeah, but then again, I watch a lot of foreign movies. Like mm-hmm. if you listen to Patreon, uh, referencing Akira Kurosawa when I was a yeah. teenager, right? Um. Anyway, so, so. I've, I've just gotten very used to closed captioning, and interesting. We can't. They have a. They, I guess they don't have it enabled yet for us. On the, I, w- I wasn't able to figure it out. They should. That's interesting. Really? Because in episode like two, I put on closed captioning okay. um, on the screener because I didn't know if it was Lawn Boy or Long Boy. Oh, yeah. It's Lawn and, Boy. You know, maybe some of the other episodes I did have it on. I think I mm. remember that. But for this, the these two, I could not, I couldn't get it to work. I don't know if, I couldn't find the option. That's really interesting because what I noticed, and this is Inside Baseball and I'm sorry, but like I noticed that there was no watermark on my screener. Yeah. Because we watched it after it already aired on Apple TV. Uh, <laughs> so uh so yeah, because we were late uh, right, uh, watching right. them. So that's anyway. A, that's a good point. Yeah. But uh the, the closed caption should have been there. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know I don't know what the deal was. So there there's several lines that he says that like I d I don't know what he said. Really? It, because and, and maybe that would have made the difference, but I, I don't mm. know. I still love him in that role. He's yeah. doing, doing a great job. But, I was a really, really good. <laughs> yeah. But he's very mum <laughs> he's very mumbly. So yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um I agree. And I think that this in terms of performances, um he's he this doesn't his performance in this episode doesn't really break him out or anything like it's not it's not like i'm i'm still very taken with his somewhat limited performance in one of the previous episodes Mm -hmm. uh with the barn jumping him jump uh scott jumping from the barn uh, or paul scott jumping from the barn um i think that uh mike what is his name michael pitt michael pitt um uh has a stronger performance there but i mean he's still fantastic i think definitely and yeah big shout out to sebastian eugene hansen and clark furlong as the uh young scott and young paul yes um really obviously shined really uh, quite a bit in this episode which one plays scott uh scott is sebastian hansen okay and then the other one is 
Clark Furlong. Clark Furlong. Okay. I wonder um, if he's related to Edward Furlong. I, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Um, because he kind of has that like long, yeah, long hair right. kind of thing. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Let's see, looking really quickly. Yeah. While you're doing that, um, yeah, those two, the those two young actors were fantastic. Um, the episode does something that I feel like is a little bit of a cheat or a shortcut to emotional catharsis or emotional pull that I'll talk about in spoilers, but it is also kind of reflective of their performances as well. So it's not necessarily a cheat because it's playing up their performances. Right. Um, yeah. Was that enough stalling? It was. Uh, I don't, I don't think he's related to him. Oh, okay. Well, okay. That's fine. But yeah, they were, and, uh, I think especially notable is Sebastian Hansen as young Scott. Yes. He looks a lot like Clive Owen. He does. Um, just, I I don't know if that was intentional, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and he was really great in this episode. I I agree. I agree. And there's so there's so much tension and fear that is resting on his shoulders in this episode. Yeah. In confusion. So right. Like there there's that moment where he is, um, watching his brother, in that little like, overhang thing, mm-hmm. um, from the kitchen window, and then like. You like he it's very like I don't know if he has any lines. Like I don't think he says anything. It's all the actor playing Paul. Uh-huh. Um but his reaction to right. what he's saying is like it's telling so much about what he's like what the character is going through, the the uh the conflict within him that right. it's just it's really great acting. Really strong for such a young guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean and then I mean he can go toe to toe acting wise with Michael Pitt, right? And Michael Pitt is an established, very strong mm-hmm. actor. And there's yeah, there's a moment of defiance from his character mm-hmm. later on in the episode yes. that's very impressive. Yes, yeah. just the power of that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was that was really good. We'll talk about that in spoilers. Yes, something about Clive Owen though. Um, we don't get a lot. We don't get a lot of him, um, except for him recounting you know the story right. to Lisi. Um, I've noticed that the show, at least in in this respect, is going a little bit as we're as we're going more into the show and into the backstory of Paul or uh, Scott's backstory and everything. He's getting he's receding more into that childlike wording, mm-hmm. like he like the way that he says like, "Oh, Daddy did this" and everything. His mannerisms, his manner, yes, yeah. very nervous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that is such a wise decision for the film or mm-hmm. for the for the adaptation because it is leading us into that it is it is really really like subtly bringing us into that it's very subtle that's my yeah. favorite part of it it's not because mm-hmm. that could get pretty um it could it could get over the top very easily and, like it does in the book honestly yeah, it could get silly <laughs> yeah um but it's it, he does it subtly enough that it's pretty effective and i agree i do like that part yeah absolutely yeah um we don't get a lot with amanda um right She's still trapped in Booyah Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, it was this the episode where it's like a library <laughs> where they were shushing? Mm, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It was like a library. That's yeah. it. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, one of the people yeah. from the, well, that's a spoiler. We'll wait for that. Yeah. 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 Uh, shall we go into spoilers? Yes. Okay, great. Well, I'm going to play some music. I'm actually going to play some of the theme music. Uh, here. I hope that this is the right button. We'll see. And then when we come back, we're going to be spoiling Lisey's Story, Episode 5, titled The Good Brother. This 
is your warning to stop listening if you don't want to be spoiled on episode 5 of Lacey's Story titled The Good Brother which premiered on June 25th on Apple TV Plus uh-huh. so when this music stops we're going to be spoiling Lacey's Story episode 5 titled The Good Brother <laughs> god damn it <laughs> For more of that nonsense, pledge $2 on Patreon. <laughs> really selling it. <laughs> yes. It is so funny because I recorded an, a review of Loki and I did the same thing, but with the Marvel fanfare. Okay. Um, so I played that and like after doing so many Lisey story ones where I can't, I don't have the musical talent by any, I don't have any musical talent, <laughs> but I can't do that as quickly with Lisey story. Uh, but like the Marvel fanfare is the perfect way for me to sing along stupid nice. improvised music very uh, cool so yeah <laughs> thank you it's not but thank you uh, patreon.com slash obsessive viewer so spoilers on for the good brother yes where to, do you want to begin well to jump off from where we finished mm-hmm. in Booyah Moon there are the characters like you just talked about the char- there's characters or people yes. essentially souls I don't know what you want mm-hmm. to call them remnants mm-hmm. of people on on the steps of the shore yeah of the pool are all of like are those people we know that's what i was gonna ask there okay. has to has to has to be a stephen king easter egg somewhere on those I, steps uh, i cannot i have not found one for the I life of me either but i this i i hope i was really hoping the show would blow up and get popular because i want the stephen king super diehard fans to like dissect right. it and like people to get on Reddit and post screenshots and like, yeah. this is the character from this story, right. this short story from skeleton crew or something mm-hmm. like that'd be so cool. I, I'd be shocked <laughs> the, if there wasn't an Easter egg, the diehard Stephen King fans who don't have a podcast <laughs> right? That's what <laughs> that I mean. releases pretty sporadically. It is pretty laid back as far as the fandom <laughs> of Stephen King is concerned. People who have time. <laughs> yes. The Stephen King fans who have time. Right. Um, um, yeah, that's a good point. Cause I think in my Patreon review, I think I mentioned that, uh, like I said, like, oh, I didn't, I didn't detect any Stephen King references or anything because <laughs> there's not a lot of room for them in this episode. Right. But you're right. They're like, that is prime for that. Yeah. It has to, I, it should, almost has to be. Yeah. And you're pretty good at finding them. So I thought maybe you had uh, seen something. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, okay. Yeah. The, the spandex suited person. Yeah. What was that? Don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if some of those characters for lack of a better word mm-hmm. are appearing in the form in which they died uh, yeah. or became trapped or sure. found their way to Booyah Moon mm-hmm. and so maybe that person was killed by being suffocated in like a, a tarp right or was wrapped up in a sheet and disposed of it's creepy it can, it looked kind of like a it I don't know it kind of looked similar to really it looked similar to green man from it's always sunny <laughs> yeah um, but also uh like uh like the white version of the i don't i don't think you ever saw this but american horror story season one mm, no uh there's like the same thing but all in black it's like is it oh. like spandex or is it like uh, latex? latex probably yeah. or like pleather or something yeah and that's the thing it kind of it, it i don't know if that's technically a gimp outfit Oh, I don't yeah. know if it's meant to imply. I don't think so. Kink fetish stuff. That's not what I get from it. Uh, me neither. Yeah. But I did find it disturbing that this is white and it's like there's a veil and everything. It's just that juxtaposition yeah. is so weird. Right. Um. Yeah. But in this episode, the the part you were talking about where they're being shushed, mm-hmm. one of the characters, there's two characters that like talk to them, and one of them is like this very ripped, muscly guy. 
Yeah. And the other one is... I didn't know I was in the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> totally Because I'm not. Anyway. Um, the other one was uh, a smaller guy. He almost mm-hmm. looked like he was wearing like a prison jumpsuit type thing. I, was that... Uh, yeah. I, or, or maybe like a road crew vest, like a reflective vest type thing. Maybe. Maybe. I don't I have no clue. But yeah, it, sure. I don't... Well, I have some clue. Right. Um, but it was something along those lines. Um, and he ends up... <laughs> Running after them to yeah. shut them up and gets taken by. That's the, right. He gets taken by the lawn boy. Yeah, the lawn boy. Yeah. Huh. Um. Yeah, but I. That was. I, I was wondering if, as we were watching it, I was like, I wonder if that character's from something. Like I. I don't know. Right. E- either of them. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm as in the dark as you are. Right. Um, and I'm wondering if they're people from Scott Langdon's past or the Langdon family past. Yeah. Um. Landon. He, Landon. Yeah. yeah. Landon. I don't know where I got Langdon. Yeah. Um. From their past, or if this is a from the from the lives or past of other famous writers mm-hmm. that may or may not exist in real life, or Interesting. I don't know. It's just I'd be curious to see. It, it's a question I might ask Stephen King if I ever get to if we ever get yeah. to interview him for the podcast. Oh yeah, God, can you imagine? Oh my God, I can't. Yeah. Yep, I cannot. I can't. No, yep, I can't. Um, <laughs> Stephen, would you like a, a, a zero sugar ginger ale? <laughs> right. Yes. Do, do you want us to regale you with stories of almost shitting our pants in high school? <laughs> what do you think of our record sign? Right. Right. <laughs> that was a gift. <laughs> oh, I like. I'm not. I'm, I wasn't shitting on it. I'm no, just no, saying no. we have yeah. one. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the very uh, scatteredly pay- placed uh, sound pads. Right. Um, yeah. That right. may or may not work. I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, that uh, that's interesting. I don't know. So if you know what uh, the hell we're talking about, please let us yeah. know. Yeah, totally. Um, but, yeah, again, the Booyah Moon stuff looks just stunning. Yeah, the visuals um, are great. Yeah. yeah. And so let's talk about that flashback. Let's talk about the story of Paul Landon's downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I really like the way that it is established or the way that it is introduced because Scott in the flashback that he's telling to Lisi says like he's like when it happened it happened fast yeah um and then like we see it like just like it's just so what I what I really like about it is that it doesn't necessarily go into that whole like okay are they just crazy or is this something really supernatural mm-hmm. because it is pretty supernatural right right <laughs> um it's pretty unambiguous in that respect yeah. um but it is still like I think the conflict of that and the tragedy of that is that they're should be other ways that it could be done that could be it could be handled and then right yeah it's just it's so uh, yeah how did you feel about the bulk of the episode um uh, i again i i had my issues with the fact just the pacing of the overall show mm-hmm. and everything and, and just the pacing of the episode a little bit yeah um really really just it's it's positioning in the in, in this in the series so far it's not really that i have an issue with them telling the story because again it's very incredible and and uh influential for scott landon um so i wanted it in there it's just i think i i was ready to move on um but uh it's it's incredibly well shot and all the performances were amazing um i'm trying to remember it as compared to the book in the book unless i'm mistaken paul was chained up in the cellar correct as opposed to in the barn i'm i'm like 90 percent sure yeah. okay and then i don't remember this in the book did paul was paul ultimately shot 
and killed by um by their dad because he was attacking scott that's a like in the show question. i don't remember that i and i yeah i don't remember either i, I feel like um, uh their dad just makes the decision i'm gonna i'm gonna go put him out of his misery and she goes out and shoots him i'm leaning toward that that okay. that's the case in the book that's what i kind of um, my point was i i like what they did in the show me too because i think i think it's different from the book and yeah. this was i i don't know if it's in line with the character of uh, Mr. Lane. I can't remember his first name. Me neither. I don't Scoot, know. If, maybe? No, no, that's what he calls That's Scott. his nickname for Scott. Sparky. Yeah. Sparky, yeah. Because he's an electrician. Oh, okay. Nickname for electricians, Sparky. Um, but I... What's an elect- electrician day? <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but I feel, I feel like this was... I feel like maybe it gives him a bit of an out. Because again, there's some ambiguity in the book as to whether or not they're just fucking crazy, right? Sort of. I guess when they were kids, maybe they were thinking they were crazy, or is Booyah Moon real, right? Stuff like that. I mean, in the show, I think it's pretty obvious, right? It's yeah. it, it exists. Booyah Moon's a real place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I just I think it gives his character, their father, a bit of a bit of leeway, a bit of an out, because yeah. it's like, well, he was going to kill Scott. And murder it, so I had to shoot him. Like, and I don't. That wasn't in the book, and so, and he's, it, it makes him less despicable, right? But I don't have an issue with that. M- me neither. It if if anything else, it just gives him just a little bit more dimension, right? Um, and and a little bit more sympathy. But he's not very sympathetic because <laughs> he's still a just crazy mm-hmm. abuser. Right. Um, but there is that gray area that I think is present in this. And I think that that's something that is probably intentional from King's writing um, in right. the episode. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, we've talked about the differences between the book and the show, what we can remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Where are you at now with the show in terms of, like, I know that the pacing isn't really working for you, but how are you doing with the subject and, and the actual story structure in relation to how you experienced it in the book? Because I know that in the previous episode, you talked about how you were liking it a lot more in this form because it is more conducive to the film medium. Are you still feeling that? I, I'm still feeling that for nice. sure. Definitely still feeling that. And and really, my only pacing issues is just this episode mm-hmm. and then how it fits into the overall pace of the show. I feel like this just really, really put the brakes on. Yeah. In my opinion. But Yeah, I... I agree. It had to be in there. They had to find a way to put it in there. Yeah. I didn't want them to gloss over this to where mm. it was just like a 10-minute flashback. Yeah. It needed to be a prominently featured part of the story, and it had to fit in somewhere. Yeah. I just wish it would have been sooner, maybe, or just, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, like we've spent two episodes of Lisi mostly just sitting around remembering things. Right. And that's just a bit of a slow. I, in the last episode, I was totally able to get through it because again there was a lot of great backstory and Mm -hmm. this is more great backstory but it's like that's all we're doing right now and it's it just it just got to me Uh, absolutely and and i definitely understand where you're coming from and i i'll i definitely see your point it didn't have as negative an effect on me as it it seems to have with you which is Mm -hmm. fine but i do think that the alternative I think that this, if I could play devil's advocate for a bit, mm-hmm. um, I feel like the alternative would have been to have this this part of the story fleshed out, like even later in this in the show, mm-hmm. when it's also competing with the Jim Dooley stuff in the, the climax day. of it. Yeah. yeah, and so I think that all told, this 
is pro- it's probably not the ideal way to bring it out mm-hmm. and, and the best way to bring it out. But I think the alternative is, I think it remains to be seen that it could be just uh, um, basically leading the way for us to get a satisfied and uninterrupted climax. Right. Yeah. And that's creatively, I'm not sure they had another choice. Yeah. Put it that yeah. way. I'm, I'm not trying to be overly critical of it because sure. again, I think it's, I think it's tricky. I think it's tricky to, mm-hmm. to work this into the story organically. Es- and especially with such a uniquely told story in book. Form. Right. And they're juggling so much. That's what, yeah. that's what the show has done so well, because mm-hmm. even though I wasn't crazy about it, it still gives us very, three very distinct and non, uh, non confusing, timelines where we're seeing Lisey's having memories and she's yeah. all scarred up and crazy and stuff like that. Right. And then we're seeing the flashback of Scott telling her this story on their honeymoon. And then the flashback of showing us Scott when seeing his brother being murdered. Yeah. So there's three storylines and you don't, there's no confusion right. about where you are in those timelines. And that's what the show has it going forward in the visual medium. Cause that's mm-hmm. the stuff that confused the shit out of me in the book. Right. And totally removed me out of the book. And I couldn't yeah. really get into the book for those reasons. So that's why I'm really, really loving the show. And it's still doing that mm-hmm. incredibly well. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see how the rest of the show goes. Um, yeah. The, Oh God, I, I, in, on Patreon, I referred to the food that he, um, that, that their father prepares for Paul. Um, yeah, what the hell was that? I I think I referred to it as uh, Frito Beef Tartar. <laughs> um, because it just looked like raw beef. Right. Like rolled up in like Fritos or some kind of chips. I think it was corn, corn flakes. Corn flakes. Pro- that, I think that's that, what it was. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, rolled up in corn flakes and ketamine. <laughs> um, just, ugh. Yeah. Just, yeah. That was something else. And that scene where they bring it out to him and they're very hesitant on the like poker. Yeah. Just man. Right. Oh, totally. That was, that was really, really, uh, yeah. Messed up. Is it, I, I don't know if it's in the show, but in the book, is it ever divulged where their farm was? Like, well, is it in Tennessee or something? Like, I can't remember cause it's always fucking wet. Yeah. There's just constantly <laughs> mud everywhere. That's true. I don't think it is I, I, somewhere in Maine, probably. Um, yeah. Yeah. Probably Maine. Um, but I don't think, I don't, I don't remember it being like specifically stated anywhere. Gotcha. Um, cause I'm just like, can you get a load of gravel in there? Christ almighty. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, yeah. So it looks really good. I'm not, I'm not being critical. It's just aesthetically. It's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's just something I'm like, if that was me, goddamn, that would drive me nuts. (laughs) Um, the death scene of Paul. Yes. Oh, oh, let's back up a little bit and talk about the defiance scene from mm-hmm. Scott. Right. That you referenced in non-spoilers. Very cool. Yeah. Um, just that assertiveness and that, uh, like the way that Michael Pitt plays it, where he's where he's like about to hit him, like that was just an extra extra step toward being like upping the tension of that scene. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, and it's crazy. Again, great acting from. Um, Sebastian Hansen. Um, yeah. Really good. Cause he's very, again, very assertive. He's like back right. up dad or whatever. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I just, I liked it. Um, because Michael Pitt is taken aback. Um, right. Totally. Does it have his character's name? Andrew Landon. Andrew. Oh, oh, that is Andrew. Landon. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, who's the actor that plays, um, Paul? Uh, Paul is played by Clark Furlong. Clark Furlong. Okay. Well, 
in terms of his storyline in this show, I don't think he's going to be in the show for longer. <laughs> um, so hilarious! Ch- yes. ch- children dying is just <laughs> well, yeah. hilarious. Well, that's, a, that's something I found interesting. Um, that they uh, shied away from it. <laughs> uh, they, I, I thought it was very uh, respectfully or interestingly shot. Where the gunshot is, you know, it's from a profile stance of of Andrew, of the father, cloaked in silhouette um, with the rain and everything. And then you see him fire the shot, but obviously you don't see it right. because the tractor is in the way or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was an interesting way to get around the, like, like not, like being respectful and not showing a gratuitous shot of a kid getting shot in the head. Right. Yeah, so that was cool. It wasn't like Scorsese style. Right. 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 Yeah, that would have been too much. Yeah. Although it would be interesting to have uh, someone dub, um, not comfortably numb, but give me shelter probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Over that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, not much on the Amanda front or Darla front. Dar- yeah, yeah. We get more of that in the next episode, but what did you think of... I think this episode was where Lisey sent her a text, sent Darla a text. Or was that next episode? Was it? I don't remember that. I don't know. A text? Uh, it, was, it was this episode because she sends her a text and like, come here at 9 p.m. I'm going to make a plan or whatever. Love you. Um, I forgot about that. Oh, I yeah. Or maybe I missed it. I, I just clocked it because I thought it was an interesting kind of showcase of, of their rift being mm. kind of put back together a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so do we have any other thoughts on The Good Brother? No. Like I said, I, I have um, just an issue with the placement of some things, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's an unfortunate pacing reality we had to deal with. Yeah, and there's also a little bit of repetition, I think. Like, there's some scenes that are replayed from earlier. Like, I, I mm-hmm. think that her talking to him in the car after learning all about it and everything, saying like, okay, this is what we're going to tell people about our honeymoon. Yeah. Like, I think that that was in another episode, and it's like, okay. Right, bit of a rehash. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of a bummer. Right. Definitely not a bad, I'm not, it's not a bad episode. I'm not saying that at all. It's just, you know, pacing issues. Sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that's our review of The Good Brother, and next up we're going to be reviewing episode six, titled Now You Must Be Still? Yes, Now You Must Be Still. still, Yes. Uh, Which aired on July 2nd, Friday, July 2nd, on Apple TV+. Plus. Of course, we're going to do non-spoiler and then a spoiler review. We'll keep uh, you abreast of when we're going to go into spoilers. But here's our review of Now You Must Be Still. Okay, so... um, Now You Must Be Still. Episode 6. Episode 6 aired on July 2nd on Apple TV+. Tiny, in broad, non-spoiler terms for Now You Must Be Still, how did you feel about this episode of Lisey's story? Was there a bounce back for you? Definite, definite bounce back. Nice. I really love this episode. Um, Sweet. I think this is one of my favorites so far. Um, Because it, it... Partly could have been because it was kind of like the exact opposite of the episode <laughs> sure. before. Like the the stick moves a lot in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we move a lot, move, move forward quite a bit here. Um, there's also, I, I think, this is the first time that all three sisters are together and they're all like there and present, like mentally, conscious, yeah. And they're they're being a group of sisters, and it's really fun, mm-hmm. especially when they're trying to like spring her from the hospital. Yes, like that's totally. 
that was so fun and satisfying. Yes. Um, and there's it's, there's some comic relief mm-hmm. in this episode for one of the first times ever. Right. In any of these episodes, um, <laughs> it's really this was just a a really satisfying episode where things move forward and we we also get some nice character stuff too. Yeah. So it's I really enjoyed this episode a lot. What's amazing to me is that I agree 100%. I actually I really did like like this episode. I I love this episode. Mm-hmm. But I will say that even for as much as it moves forward, it's like it's all set up for the next episode also. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um yeah. which I find that to be just kind of funny, really. Right. But you're right. The grouping together of the three sisters is fantastic mm-hmm. and it's because in the book it was really just it was just um, Lisi and Amanda, mm-hmm. um, Darla and the other sisters in the book because there's multiple sisters in the book are sent away. Um, yeah, but here it's Stephen King does doing what Stephen King does. <laughs> He's creating a quartet in the he in is. the story, and it's I'm I'm as as the uh, as the uh, Gen Zs say. I am here for it, um, <laughs> and I am here for it. Oh, my um, God. I snapped my fingers. Anyway. You did. You did. Um, so, no, I am definitely, like, I I was so, so impressed with that, the energy of that, um, of their kind of coming together and, and formulating a plan and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got to say, the standout, after having... Uh, I don't think this is a spoiler, but after having multiple, like, five episodes of Joan Allen doing like the catatonic Amanda thing mm-hmm. to have her back yeah. and that energy she brings was like I I thought that that performance was just insanely good. Totally. Um I was really impressed with her, her with her performance in this episode. Me too. Um I thought she was great when they're catching up catching her up with what is all going on with Jim Dooley Dooley and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just it's I, I don't know. There's something about the energy she brings to it and bouncing off of the two, the two other sisters as they've sort of, uh, um, they've, they've, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They've mended their, their differences, at least temporarily. Right. Um, it's just that energy of, like you said, the sisters coming together is just really good. Yep. Um, and the other big standout for me in this episode uh, was also Lisi herself. Um, because it's such a different form of Lisi that, than what we've seen because Mm -hmm. she is now confident. She is now aware of Booyah Moon. She's aware of what she needs to do, how she needs to do it. She has a better understanding of the, of the ideas and the things that Scott has left behind for her to survive this coming, uh, conflict. Mm Mm-hmm. And the level of um, enthusiasm and confidence that Julianne Moore imbues onto Lisi in this performance in this episode is is like night and day, and it is just so indicative of the growth of the character through this season or the show. Absolutely, yeah, I loved it. Um, Agree, a hundred percent. Nice, yeah. and they even kind of. Uh, play with that a little bit when she's recording the message to Dooley. Um, yeah. Because she has to do a couple of different takes um, because she needs to get back into that space of being the victim. Right. Um, that was cool. Yeah, that was, that was very good cool. acting on her part. I agree. Yeah. And and again, I, I, I've said it before, but I feel like Jennifer Jason Lee is a little lost in the shuffle. A little bit, um, yeah. Because she's just playing this part great, I think. Just mm-hmm. the whole pain in the ass sister yeah. who feels 
ostracized all the time. I don't know. Mm. I think is she supposed to be the middle sister? I I for some reason I want to say she's supposed to be older, but the I, oldest. I, I don't I don't have any okay. reason to think that. Yeah, I can't remember, but she's just playing that quintessential guilt trip kind of kind of sibling thing and steeped in jealousy of, yeah, yeah little little comments here and there yeah. and stuff like that like okay the, your gratitude is overwhelming or whatever right. when they get her out of the hospital yeah. um which she totally diffuses mm-hmm. that um amanda totally joan allen totally diffuses that outside yeah when yeah. they're outside and walking yeah. out. again she was great that, that i i almost teared up when yeah. she was like telling them that that she they have no idea how much gratitude she has for them right. or whatever or how grateful right just like that was just incredible absolutely um yep. yeah is there anything to, i mean is there anything to talk about in spoilers in general and anything left to talk about <laughs> non-spoilers because i want to bring up kind of the end scene yeah um we can talk about that in spoilers i'd be I good guess. to move on to spoilers yeah okay yeah. all right well we are going to play some music here and then we're going to go into spoilers for episode six of Lisey's story now you must be still so i'm gonna play some music here and then when we come back we're going to be spoiling episode six of Lisey's story which is titled now you must be still and it stars joan allen and julian moore and uh jennifer jason lee as the Lisey sisters, or no, the the Dubon, fuck, Debusher, Debusher, yeah, Debusher, yeah, and the episode aired on July second on Apple TV Plus. Lisey story. Um, God, I'm so sorry, guys. Patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. I can't wait for that to stop. Oh, just wait until the next thing that we cover. Oh my god! Um, I'm. I mean, if we're gonna do the uh, the Needful Things movie, I'm gonna have to like download the score and oh. uh, figure out like the melody of that and and match the pitch, um, and other pitch perfect terms that I gleaned from you're the, the an features. artist. I, you know, I, For sure. I, you know, I, I, I agree. I will take that. I will take that burden. <laughs> Um, so anyway, um, not really that much to spoil in this episode. Yeah, not a lot. Yeah, because um, it's a lot of setup for what's to come. Right, right. Which, but so much yeah. happens too. Like she, yeah, they get her out of the hospital. She gets mm. her back from Booyah Moon. She yeah. actually goes to Booyah Moon, and like mm-hmm. that's uh, there's a lot of action too. Um, but yeah, yeah it it is set up for the next the next episode. But uh, mm-hmm. um, I loved the scene in the doctor's office. Yes. Um, that was just I forgot about that. Such a fun dynamic and mm-hmm. and I love Jennifer Jason Lee like just randomly throwing in these comments about right. the pictures on the wall. <laughs> yeah. It's like cuz Oh, I love Al Gore. Right. <laughs> it's it's almost like they I think what happened is they basically told Amanda and Lisi basically told her shut the fuck up because you will ruin this because mm-hmm. she's the she is totally the one who's like look just let us the fuck out of here right. and just would yeah. be totally off the wall and off-putting and mean and so they're like just stand back and look at the pictures and shut the fuck up and we will handle this that's really interesting because i had a slightly different read from that really okay i kind of thought that it was part of the plan that lisi and amanda would talk to the doctor but then uh, Darla would be as distracting as possible to okay. keep his keep his focus away from the from from like I don't know maybe annoying him or getting to a point where it's like okay just we're fine oh, like it's right. fine or just flattery that too flattering yeah. him because he's like I think it's in the book more than this sort mm-hmm. of that like he's very I think he's kind of like flattered that Scott Land he had mm-hmm. a relationship with Scott Landon and he's yeah. clearly the kind of person who likes to sort of show off 
is a bit of a star fucker, if you will. Yeah. Um, cause he has all those pictures on the wall and right. he's, he's, you know, very much a Scott Landon fan. And, and, um, so she, I think maybe she was sort of appealing to that, mm-hmm. that you could make an argument for that too. But I agree. That yeah. was, it was, it was, I, I had a smile. It wasn't like laugh out loud funny. Sure. But I had like a smile on my face just that the situation was nice. kind of, was kind of a fun. I, I really enjoyed that scene. Yeah. Um, me too. Yeah. Um, the, ending scene where they're up on the well no that's not the quite the end but kind of sort of the climax of the episode where they're like they're standing on that picnic table yes um, let's fucking kill him let's, let's fucking, fucking kill him. him i thought it was a little over the top it, it was but it kind of made me think of like when they were kids they were sort of reverted to like a oh. when they would team up as kids and they'd be on the hollyhock the ship Hawks. or yeah. whatever and it kind of and you know they're right on the 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 edge of the river right there or that lake it was kind of a cool visual but that it sort of made me think of like wow. reverting back to their childhood when they were close together and uh, they they were closer uh, emotionally holy shit i did not pick up on that symbolism at all like that i think that's spot on yeah yeah holy shit yeah i just and they didn't give a shit about the rain and all that that was it was it was a fun scene it was a little it was a little over top but it was it was fun wow yeah i yeah i I retroactively like that more as it relates to their childhood (laughs) on the hollyhocks i also pictured some guy just like going for a jog right in the background he's like fucking kill him him." they're like oh my god i'm gonna go home yeah (laughs) um so the scene where they are outside and they're finalizing the plans, they're sending the cop away. Um, yeah. I, I really like that in terms of it's, it's kind of similar to episode. What was it? Three where it's all just building tension. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing. Right. Because they're literally building the tension toward the con- confrontation with, with Dooley and, and Lisi, but it's not like that. It's more of a planned tension. <laughs> right. Um, which is cool, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but I really liked... We didn't get a lot of Dane DeHaan these last two episodes. Right, right. I really, really liked just the subtlety of his reaction to seeing them laughing. Cause mm-hmm. I, and I thought that was really charming that like Darla's like, Oh, I know that you're like, you're wanting to fuck the cop or whatever. Right. Like that was really funny. And, and, and the energy was really well done. And then you cut to Dooley and he's just like, don't make fun of me. Yeah. And like that, I thought was just like, that is the perfect, like that's the perfect minimalistic line mm-hmm. to showcase his demented persona in his his skewed perspective on the world totally um just really really cool uh really Mm -hmm. cool minimalistic line um i agree yeah 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 i like that part yeah another thing i didn't really that we didn't really talk about and didn't really i guess didn't really need to talk about i guess but the phone call with um dash meal where uh again another example of lisi having just a burst of confidence and being like more more in touch with who she is rather than being this grieving widow victim throughout the other episodes. Yeah. I just thought that was really great. Totally. Yeah. I liked the, the confidence in it. Yeah. I have 60 million, million fucking dollars or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and we will, we will fuck you. Yeah. She was like, if so, you, if you uh, want us to it? ask, fuck you, you will bleed for a long time yes. or something. I was like, God fucking damn. Cold as shit. For real. Um, Yeah. That that was that was really cool. Yeah, I liked it. Um, any other thoughts on 
Now you must be still. No, I mean, it's funny because I really loved the episode, but yeah. uh, I, I, I guess I don't have a ton to say about it because it's all Me very either. straightforward. Yeah. I do think, uh, to your point earlier about it's it's kind of a, a recycled uh, strategy, I guess, where they're building towards the tension of the next episode. Yeah. Um, and I guess you can fault it for that if you really want to, but mm-hmm. again, I think I think your point that it's a... It was a it was a planned uh, build yeah. or, or planned building of tension mm-hmm. that it's it's different in that regard and um and I also think it's there's nothing wrong with building tension more than once in a story or a series like sure like it's, yeah. it's, it's fine to do like I, I I don't see a fault in it I guess I'll put it mm-hmm. that way um but it is it is sort of a a bit of a recycled theme I guess you could say yeah um but I I don't care it I, just I, feels a I little really bit liked re- it. Redundant in a little the redundant. That's that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm still invested in. I'm still interested. I'm still excited to see what happens in these last two episodes. Yep. Um. Having said that, are we done with this episode of Tower Junkies? I think we are. All right. Well, next time on the podcast, this is very exciting because fingers crossed, we are going to get our episode reviewing the last two episodes of Lisey's story. Uh, this Friday's episode, which is called um. Lisey's um, story, isn't it? No, it's the penultimate episode. Oh, um, uh, I don't remember what it's called. Oh, yeah. Um, I have it here. Um, no Light, No Spark. Oh, that's right. No Light, No Spark uh, airs this Friday. And then next Friday, the finale of Lisey's story, titled Lisey's Story. And our goal is to have our episode covering the last two episodes of Lisey's story post on the feed... The moment that the final episode drops on Apple TV Plus. Awesome. So that's the goal. Um, I'm going to also have my reviews on Patreon post, uh, my solo reviews um, on Patreon at the $2 level of Lisey Story Episode 7 will post this Friday. And then Episode 8, the final episode, will post simultaneously with our episode reviewing it. So a lot of stuff to go and uh, to do. After that, we're going to be doing needful things. Um, yep. And also reviewing the book, Needful Things. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, so yeah, so looking forward to that. Um, having said that, is there any other parting thoughts? Any other final thoughts for the podcast this week? Nope, just looking forward to the last two episodes. Same here. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and thank you, Tiny, for joining me on this journey through Lisey's story. Of course. Um, yes. So we will see you guys next time. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. This is DJ Matty Fresh coming at you from WOV in Indianapolis, where it is currently 8.55 p.m. (laughs) And we are experiencing, we're in the middle of a very nice uh, cold front with the uh, subbaramic pressures and everything. And uh, to, help, uh, to help warm you up, we've got the band from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Motion City Soundtrack, with their hit song, The Weekends, from their, um, their incredible record, My Dinosaur Life. This is DJ Matty Fresh, and uh, keep on spinning those records and stuff. This is a very long intro, and I forgot that it is. Um, <laughs> 
just want to keep you just want to give you guys a reminder that uh, we are going to be doing our annual bake sale at the uh, at the junior high school on 14th Street. And here's much as soundtrack. Oh my god! <laughs> you picked the songs with the longest intros. I know. Part of that is intentional, but also part of that is I don't know that like. Also, part of it is just it's my favorite. It's these are my favorite songs from these bands. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, here's this one. Um, this is the latest single from them, which uh, I talked about previously. Hey kids, we're coming at you with another half hour of straight music on WOV. Up next is so and so and so and so by the so and sos. This is DJ Tiny Tony. The time is eight fifty six. Stick around. Oh, fucking goddamn it, really? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> what? DJ Man Ever gonna find you that he that he is fired? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> that would have been perfect, almost. That really would have been perfect. <laughs> Son of a bitch. God damn it. Tower Junkies is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to TowerJunkiesPod.com/archive. You can also like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash towerjunkiespod and follow us on Twitter at towerjunkiespod. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is just a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at towerjunkiespod.com slash donate or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at tpublic.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find our flagship movie and TV review and discussion show, The Obsessive Viewer Podcast, at obsessiveviewer.com and on Twitter at obsessiveviewer. You can also find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and OVAnthologyPod on Twitter. Finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at thesecularperspective.com. Music for the podcast is provided with permission from Fingers T on YouTube. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening. Long days and pleasant nights. Kitty!